A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Well, hello, we're back again. It's the Open Goal Podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill. Simon Ferry's with us again. Looking a lot better than the last time I saw you, uh, Simon. That was, uh, that was too much for me. Too much to handle. <laughs> Frank, you, Frank, Derek. Too much to handle for me, man. <laughs> and alongside him is a man that could certainly could have handled a day out like that last week. He's been all over the world. Drinking the place dry, but always keep this professionalism, always wearing a tie, always knotted up, always clean shaven. It's the one and only Hugh Keevan. Shug, welcome back. Thank you very much, Mark. Good to see you. How are you keeping? Yeah, great. Looking forward to this. Uh, always good to chat about the events of the day. Brilliant. So we've got a few good topics for you, as ever. I know you're going to enjoy it for the next 45, 50 minutes. We're going to speak about Manchester United, what's going on. At the club, have they been in free fall since the club decided to uh, sack David Moyes um, four or five years ago? We're going to look at the league so far, Hearts, Hibs and Livy, uh, all up the top of the table, Celtic and Rangers in fifth and sixth place respectively. And Dundee United, somebody was going to go on Tayside, whether it was going to be Shaba Laszlo or Neil McCann, it's turned out it's Shaba Laszlo. We'll take a wee look at what's going on on Tayside and the runners and riders to replace Shaba in the Arabs' hot seat. Right, let's crack on with it. I'm Matt Guidi, as I say, Hugh Keevans and our own Simon Ferry joining us. Si, yep. David Moyes is running just now. Your big sit-down with Davy Moyes. Uh, First of all, just give us a wee insight. How much did you enjoy just get spending an hour and a quarter with him? I loved it. I could have went on for hours. As you know, we had to stop short because of the time that we had one. But Davy Moyes is the first guy I've sat with interviewing and I actually feared him a wee bit I think I asked him a couple of questions and he gave his old death stare and I kind of shit myself a wee bit um, but just talking to him you know his knowledge of football and the way he thinks about football it's, it's excellent for me you can tell he's top level um, and I just wish he'd be like that more on the camera I said to you Mark you know yeah. when I see him on the camera when he's West Ham he always seems really dour and down whereas when you see him I know it's, he's going through hard times and the other thing is well, you know, it's, it, it, for all managers particularly it's, it's flash interviews it's 20-30 seconds mm-hmm. and they're not there to show off their personality they're there to pinpoint moments of the game but I, th- That's I the think he becomes more likeable to fans yeah. if he does show that side of him because yeah. within five minutes of talking I was drawn to him you mm-hmm. know and I think if he'd done that mere in interviews and with players and stuff like that then, then a lot more people would, would really take to David Moyes because as I say within five minutes he had me hooked on everything he was saying but as you know Huey for, for interviewing for 45 years or so it's a compliment to Simon at the open goal to get Davy to draw things out of him oh and for yeah. Davy to be so relaxed in his company. Well, you, you would never get an interview like that unless the manager truly trusted you. Mm-hmm. Because if they were in any way doubtful about you as a person, they just wouldn't do it. He's a bad uh, judge of character, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, particularly in this day and age, uh, people are wary of being misrepresented, not coming out right in the interview. Uh, I remember going to see Davy when he was the manager of Everton. And Everton like to think themselves the people's club in Liverpool. You know, the, the Flash Harrys are at Anfield and they've got all the money and all the rest of it. But uh, it was manager of Everton. I'll tell you how long ago it was because we went and we were eating chips after the game. And he said to me, I've got a kid here. He's called Rooney. He said, Wayne Rooney. And I thought, what a daft name that is. He'll never get anywhere. Uh, but Davy was the man for the Evertonians. And when he got the Manchester United job, I thought, first of all, he's a Glaswegian, wonderful for him. 
but what a place he's given up, you know, because the people adore him. And I don't think he got a fair crack of the whip at Old Trafford. And I think what happened to Davy Moyes there was the beginning of the rot setting in at that club. Mm-hmm. You think, when he spoke to you, saying about, about winning football, about mm-hmm. changing things, adapting. And I think about that Ever, Everton team, I thought, the, the, the kind of glories he had. I used to love watching that. And Davy's maybe got a reputation, you see, maybe a wee bit doing it. But you think you'd, Seamus Coleman, uh-huh. flying down the right-hand side, he got him for, what, 100 grand yeah. for Irish football. You'd Leighton Baines flying down the left-hand side. You'd Stephen Pina, you'd, you'd balls out the bottom. You think they were a right good team to watch. They were exciting, attractive football. That they I loved watching Evan. I'm not just saying that because he came on. I told him that. I mean, they had good football players. Yeah. Remember Arteta, Pina, as yeah. you said, Baines, Coleman, and it was fast and it was... Yeah. The tempo was excellent. They're always challenging Man United. I always remember that. I always gave Man United a right good game. Even when they got guys like Phil Neville. I mean, Phil Neville wouldn't leave Man United for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him to go to a club like Everton show his trust in David Moyes as well, you know, that speaks a lot for him. I think what David needs more than anything now is a chance to prove that the Old Trafford experience, the experience in Spain, and also what happened with West Ham United, uh, have not left him a diminished power mm-hmm. in terms of club management. He needs to get a job. Uh, his mind will be clear now yeah. he's had enough time out of the game he'll come back with a, a fresh mindset but he really needs to choose the right club you think he's made a few bad decisions Mark job boys I, th- I think the, the, the Sunday one Sunday was one he probably knew early doors or else he that one was it was a good experience West Ham they didn't I wrong. think he'd done a good and, job inherited him in the bottom three and had them safe you know with, yep. with, with three games to go when you look at I mean I remember when Carvalho took over at Swansea everybody was lauding him and he was brilliant Swansea went down uh-huh. you know, Davy Moyes didn't get lavished with, with that praise but I think spending a bit of time with him recently you can see he's in a good place Hugh I mean also what happened yeah. to him at Man United left him left him damaged or left him yeah. sore as you could well imagine because as you say he didn't get a fair crack no, at the whip no, no, I, I wonder now if those in control at uh, Manchester United think if we'd held our nerve with David Moyes how might it have turned out because other men have succeeded David at Old Trafford and been unsuccessful Uh, so it's water under the bridge now but my feeling for him is that he needs to choose the right club and prove that all of these experiences negative experiences because he's lost his job on all occasions haven't left them diminished. Yeah. That Man United job is tough though. Eh? Yeah. You see the top manager, ah, yeah. Van Gaal, I mean, you're spending fortunes and they can't get it right. So we, we look at that then, I mean, I mean, Gary Neville, Manchester United legend through the glory years with with Sir Alex Ferguson has pinpointed the sacking of Davy Moyes as a demise of the club. Now Davy was sacked, I think, April nine, uh, 2014. I think Davy was... was was sacked. You're talking four and a half years ago. Van Hal, Mourinho. They're now talking about. It. I mean, it just seems to be every few months there's there's somebody else getting, getting linked the, with them. There's there's a lack of stability there. Hugh, yeah. is that fair? The biggest negative influence at Manchester United is Jose Mourinho, because uh, he has never fully assimilated himself into the club. The fact that he still lives in a hotel in mm. Manchester. Uh, there's no way that he's fully embraced the club and the fights that he picks now with Pogba in particular the the way he conducts himself in front of the media Manchester United think of themselves as the biggest football club in the world we can argue whether that's truly the case or not however you cannot have as your public face this doer unsmiling figure who walks out of press conferences who will give the press short shrift because his team have been bad mm-hmm. uh, and he's now taking them into a place where I don't think there's any point in him staying at Old Trafford I don't think there's any point in the club continuing to deny that he is the problem and they should be getting someone who fully embraces the, the philosophy I know that from the time Sir Alex retired it was always going to be an unbelievable job to try and replace the greatest manager that British football has ever seen. Mm -hmm. However, they're now in a position where they've got the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time and they should just admit it. What would would Alex Ferguson think of this? What do you think, Matt? He's he's obviously, he'll be be very disappointed about what's happened. You talk about that, you look at Liverpool from, from 
Bob Paisley to uh-huh. Joe Fagan to Kendall Lee. So no one a title in over twenty years. Kenny was the last manager, and I think Man United will win a title in the next twenty years. But it's going to be a struggle for them. It really you know, is. You look at Man U, and you know the, the, the draw with Wolves. I understand because uh, Nuno Espirito Santo has done a tremendous job at, at Wolves. Frank Lampard going there with Derby and knocking them out of the Carabao Cup, I don't mm. understand. Uh, the, the West Ham performance, I do not understand either. Uh, you've got a Manchester United team bordering on not trying. So there's a, a malaise, and the malaise starts in the manager's office, and they should get that sorted out because they're going nowhere under Jose Mourinho. Right, we'll speak, we're going to continue to speak about Man United for the next four or five minutes, but we'll flag something up and we'll come back to you at the end of yeah. the, the Man United chat. Who is a, a replacement for Mourinho? Who is somebody that they could, you know, that the possibility of getting? But, but before we, we get um, to that, Gary Neville says that, you know, it's a hundred year of tradition that has been ruined, you know, with the way the club have, have, have ruined it. Ed Woodward, the chief executive, the Glazers, the American owners, do they carry the can for any of this? When you talk about a club, the Manchester United of my childhood, uh, it was about Sarmat, the Munich disaster, the way that a nation took Manchester United to their hearts. They then became the nation's football club. And the years have gone by uh, of Law, Best, Charlton, uh, the, the European Cup under Sir Matt, everything that was achieved, and then the most glorious period in their history when Sir Alex took over and had five barren years and then gave them the golden era. Now, that club was loved. Uh, this club, once you are taken on by corporate strength I think your your soul to some extent disappears you become a corporate entity mm-hmm. and that's what they are uh, they need a, a great football manager now to get trophies back to give the supporters a love of the way Manchester United play the game because the way they play the game right now is not what all of us were brought up to believe in so they are a club in search of their soul and a manager. So I, as a footballer, mm-hmm. Paul Pogba, is oh, he a chancer? Didn't even get me started, honestly. Didn't get me started. He'd have been at the door a year ago under Alex Ferguson. Why? Because he's, he's not a team player. All he cares about is himself. You can see that. All he thinks about is, is Paul Pogba playing well. I think Paul Pogba would rather score two goals and get beat 3-2. Honestly, I do. I've seen him after they got beat against West Ham at the weekend. He's up hugging and kissing all the West Ham players. I mean, that's just not on at a club like Man United. You know, these fans are travelling from Manchester and London to watch their team play. They've been beat 3-1 for a bang average West Ham team. And all he cares about is speaking to his mates after the game. Um, and for Man United, on the manager front, I think they've went with two defensive managers in Louis Van Gaal and Jose Mourinho. Mm-hmm. You know, Van Hal's so is that Holland's not a point then? Is, is, is Mourinho uh, to an extent not stifling Pogba's natural game? I know, but France weren't exactly free-flowing. They were quite defensive and he still managed to, to do it for them. Um, so you go on the pitch on a Saturday, it's not doing to the manager. And even when I see him losing the boy, he jogs back. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is that? He's the money a, you're getting paid, it's, it's so frustrating, eh? He's got a talent, though. And I just wonder if a proper manager, someone who wasn't obsessed by himself, mm-hmm. uh, might get everything going again, get the dressing room going again. Uh, Rashford clearly has problems with mm-hmm. Mourinho. Sanchez as well. well yeah. What is happened to Sanchez? Yeah, well, uh, it, it just, you know, I hate the phrase, he has lost the dressing room, but mm-hmm. Jose Mourinho has lost the dressing room. And I just wonder if a proper manager... I, I think Mourinho shows the signs of being a spent force. Mm-hmm. I think others have overtaken him. Certainly, you think he's, had, he's had he's had fifteen years at the top, wasn't it? You yeah. think right back oh, yeah. to when they yeah. when they beat Celtic Porto two thousand and three. So you're talking about the guts of fifteen years, and maybe you're right, Hugh. Maybe I just couldn't right. believe that, that Guardiola wasn't a, a Man United manager. I thought it was an absolute perfect fit. Yeah. I, I think Sir Alex spoke to him when he knew he was stepping down. They met in New York, and um, for whatever reason, he just wasn't quite ready, or had already made a commitment to Bayern Munich for further down the line but I would agree Guardiola would be a great Man United manager again you're talking about Man City uh, you know it's not the Man City of 
bygone days. You know, the, this is Sheikh Mansour, and it's uh, the, it is the bottomless pit of money. So when it comes to Pep Guardiola, uh, then he, I have no doubt, is on money that would water even Simon's eyes. Wouldn't mind being a tenor by you here. <laughs> so where are we going then? Let's have a, a look. Zidane has been constantly linked to Los. He's been linked with the, the chief executive's job at Juventus as well. Pochettino would tough to be uh-huh. in, amongst the, the, the runners mm. and riders. Lauren Blanc's kind of name keeps kind of popping up. Is, is there anybody... I'm missing again if you think of yourselves as the biggest football club in the world your appointment has to be on that scale mm-hmm. and I think that moves Zinedine Zidane there Pochettino uh, has done a tremendous job uh, at Tottenham again it's a, a step up mm-hmm. to Man U he's with not all any, the expectations he? no. he's not winning into it no uh-huh. but uh, you, know, you can see a hard working guy in there so Zidane or, or Pochettino, I think, would just bring normality back to proceedings. You, what, just one, quickly, man, if you want to get one guy to get the dressing room together, you know who I'm going to say, don't you? Stuart Baxter. Terry He nearly got LTL the race rovers job oh, last yeah, week. Yeah. I'm, de- I'm going to mention on every John, podcast. John, Mc, John McGlynn just picked him to the post. <laughs> LTL was ready to shut down the hotel in Spain. The good thing about LTL, LTL mate, he's up, up in Kirkcaldy. He'd be up for taking the Man United job, but he'd also be up for taking the Stirling Albion job. That's the kind of guy he is. <laughs> well, he's a grafter, LTL. Yes. He's definitely a grafter. There's one name I think he's had fantastic success everywhere, but I wonder, like, like you're saying with Mourinho, is he maybe slightly yesterday's man, but I think he's got a wonderful character, he's calm and he gets the best out of players, and I just wonder, is Ancelotti still in your top five, six? You know that sexy yep. bracket that uh-huh. Man United would look at, does Ancelotti so. still fall into that? Definitely. Um, a proven you look at PSG, everywhere he's been, he's won. AC Milan, yeah. Yeah. Bayern Munich, Plays the Chelsea, right style of football. And you know, he never, he's one that, he seems to be loved, you, you know, know he can, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you, but, Man United have to get this right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a huge decision for the club because they are looking along the East Lanks Road at Jurgen, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got terrific side, genuine championship contenders. You, you're looking at the the noisy neighbours for as long as Guardiola is there uh, and Aguero and the, all the talent that's there. They're a major problem. Chelsea. Uh, so you've really got to get this right otherwise you become in danger of not getting into the top four mm-hmm. and if you're not the top four you might as well be Bournemouth well, there's, there's a point, all the names we've mentioned um, you, you'll talk about Klopp Guardiola, <laughs> Ancelotti Zidane, Pochettino what are we missing what are we missing, there's not one Brit mm. we mentioned, that's a point that David Moyes made to you yeah last week in your sit-down house that he thought that he would have a chance of Man United five years ago because they like to look at local talent whereas now you're thinking I mean it stands to reason there's not been an English manager that's won the English Premiership uh-huh. wow. Howard Wilkinson and that was in the old First Division not been any, so do we have never mind British guy are there any Englishman I mean is Gareth Southgate the pick of the bunch no. no, Gareth Southgate would never get the man you job. No, but I'm just in terms of uh, Brits, like is, he, is he or Eddie Howe? I like Eddie Howe's pick. Uh, I watch his Bournemouth team and I love the yeah, way they play football. I, I, I think he is destined to, to Arsenal. be a far bigger club and mm-hmm. Arsenal would be my choice as well, Simon. But there'll be an element of fear you know, uh, about appointing uh, an Englishman in case it swallows him up mm-hmm. and it's too big for him. Because, as I say, they must get this right, otherwise more years will be lost Man City might get stronger still. Jurgen Klopp might win a major trophy with Liverpool. And the danger would be that Manchester United start to recede into the distance. It's got to be a long-term plan as well. Can I just be... I mean, you, you hire Jose Mourinho on his record. You know you're getting, what, two or three years at him? And he's mm-hmm. off. You know, Liverpool Klopp's... He's not done brilliant in his first two or three years. Has he won a trophy? He's not about two but European finals, one. but he's yeah, not won a two trophy. European finals but fantastic fair, football, though. Football, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think Man United fans will take, maybe take less success and a good brand of football, a long-term project that might take a guy three or four years to win, win the Premier League again. But Man United have shown, though, and that goes back to Gary Neville's point, they don't appear to have been to that anymore. No. There's got to be more than stock market listings. Mm-hmm. There's got to be more than commercialism. That Everything at any football club should stem from what's happening on the park and Manchester United 
automatically get 75,000 people at their games. But how long would that last before the penny dropped for some of them mm-hmm. and saying that they'll win anything? Mm. Right, to round it off, the man you chat, Hugh, I'm just going to turn into a Clyde One Super Scoreboard caller here. Huey! <laughs> <laughs> Frank Fisberg. <laughs> <laughs> Josie Mourinho, never mind the end of the season, will he still be the manager of Man United come the start of 2019? No. No. No, Simon. I don't think so either. He just looks like his time's up, doesn't he? He is depressing to listen to, to watch. Imagine you're a player playing for that. I mean, how can he get you up for a game? He, he looks like he doesn't want to be there. So if he doesn't want to be there, why should we? Okay, dokie. So we think that Simon and Hugh think that uh, Jose Mourinho was into the last three months of his Manchester United career. We'll see what happens. There's certainly plenty to come at Old Trafford. Okay, we're on the Open Goal podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill. Let's go from the English... Uh, Premier League to our own Scottish Premiership much better much what, better what are we making at the table Hugh it's fantastic is it yeah, not yeah I mean the, never think that we number one Hearts number two Hibs number three Livingston yeah, four so, Kelly uh, the, the, the league now ends we can at the end of your sentence uh, but <laughs> <laughs> says the man who used to write for the Scotsman yeah that's why I, I, I learned the, the lingo in 17 years at the Scotsman um, it's wonderful we've become unused to the idea of competition Celtic through their own endeavours have dominated Scottish football for seven years dominated Scottish football outright for the last two years under Brendan Rodgers with the double treble and people have become unused to the idea of a competition and now Hearts have been in some pretty dark places in recent years at top of the league and I think that's great I think Neil Lennon is a better manager at Hibs than he was even at Celtic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am gobsmacked by Gary Holt and Livingston. That is what it's all about. Livingston have more points than Celtic and Rangers at the moment. Of course it won't last. Mm-hmm. But let's enjoy it while it's here. Yeah, Simon, it's great, isn't it? Oh, brilliant. Uh, I agree 100% with what Hugh says. Neil Lennon is a much better manager. And I think his side plays better football than he did at Celtic. You mm-hmm. know, here... He was a good manager, Neil Lennon, but his football didn't excite me when he was at Celtic. You know, it was very much 4-4-2, get the ball up to two strikers and play for it. But I mean, watching Hibs now, it's, yeah. it's terrific, it's fast, it's free-flowing. And see, for Livingston, I'm delighted, man. They were playing in League One against us three years ago. Mm-hmm. I checked the team after the Rangers game. I think six or seven of them actually played against us the last game of the season. Incredible, huh? Beat us 4-0, Jimmy Mack went through us, so I'm pulling him up tomorrow saying, <laughs> that was a bloody good result we got, 4-0. But you, but you mentioned last week when we were, we were doing the, the Coupon show with, with Frank, and uh, Derek about the three midfielders. Three midfielders. You they mentioned were all, they were all there. Solid. They were solid. Brilliant. They? Really good. And the three at the back as well, Mark. Yeah. Deke Gallagher, the captain. I forget his name. And Lithgow. Holkett. Holkett. Yeah. I mean. And the goalie as well. The head. Uh, everything. Yeah. They. Uh, do you know what I love about them? They love defending the three of them. See when the ball comes in the box, they head it away, they kick it away. They're not a guy that takes the ball for the goalie and starts plays, yeah. but they're defenders. And they that's must, what they do really well. They're a really good unit, Livingston, and tough to tough to break down. They must be causing panic in boardrooms at the other end of the, the, the table, you know, because there's uh, they're what? Eleven points above Dundee, mm-hmm. uh, ten points above St Mirren and Motherwell. Uh, and who knows where it all ends. Uh, so everyone thought they would go down. I thought they'd go down automatically. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. had the, the, the. I honestly thought they would struggle to win a game. I, yeah. I, I didn't honest, think they'd get the points that they've got at the end of the season. Yeah. I thought they'd struggle yeah. to get 14 yeah. points. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they go to Celtic first day of the season, and of course, no one expects them to get anything if they don't. Uh, then Kenny Miller uh, leaves the club, and you think it started badly and it's going to go downhill. Mm. Uh, but Gary Holt is someone that uh, that I've met many times and I have the utmost regard for. And uh, he started to do a great job, but the whole idea of Hearts and Hibs and Livingston uh, being at the top is refreshing. As I say, it's not Celtic's fault mm-hmm. that they were better than everyone for seven years and now they're, they're having to, to work for it. I think it's good that they have to work for it and it's good that... Stephen Gerrard goes into a game against Hearts at Ibrooks next Sunday and it's practically must win for him mm-hmm. because if Hearts were to, to win at Ibrooks, there'd be 11 points between them and Rangers and you, there comes a point where you have to stop saying, yeah, but it's early in the season. Mm-hmm. 11 points is some gap. Yeah. So it, it's, it's good fun. 
Liv- Livingston's budget must be the lowest in the league. Super scoreboard budget must be bigger than Livingston's budget, <laughs> isn't it? Once we, once we Hugh yeah, picks up his suitcase <laughs> on, a, on a Saturday night, takes Janet out for a big tea, that's it. There's nothing left for the rest of That's why Big Derek said to go down to one shift. <laughs> but Gary Holt has been brilliant, hasn't he? He, he just has. seems he seems such a likeable guy, eh? Yeah. And nothing seems to have faced him so far. Um, he's he's always been, smiling on the side and I think he's been brilliant. Been great. So commercially when you, when you look at it and, and the T V deal is going out to tender soon and uh-huh. you know hoping to bring in millions of miles into the game. Does that Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Help us commercially from a marketing point of view, Hugh, when broadcasters from Dow's look and see, okay, there's, there's the Brendan Rogers and the Stevie Gerrard factor, obviously, but apart from wait a minute, a bit of decent competition from the Edinburgh clubs as well. To be honest, I think it might have a negative effect. Right. Because uh, the broadcasters are only interested in what's commercially viable. And what they want is Brendan Rogers versus Stephen Gerrard. And Livingston is a real inconvenience at this particular time. And who? Heart of who? Heart of where? Uh, so, uh, you know, th- th- they really want uh, the battle between Celtic and Majors. However, when Livingston pop up and beat Rangers, uh, it's good and it creates that tension. But I honestly believe that the broadcaster is only interested in Celtic and Rangers and they'll be in, they'll be in for a better deal because it is Brendan Rodgers and it is Stephen Gerrard and the the rivalry between the two clubs is now as intense as at any time in history, hmm. I mean I, I was a kid in the 1950s when Celtic and Rangers a cup finally got 130,000 people at Hamden but it wasn't like it is today. Mm-hmm. It, 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 in the social media age, the rivalry is from a different planet now. Mm-hmm. So it's still there for the broadcaster, and Celtic and Rangers will still be the reason why they'll offer more money than the last contract. Uh, but I don't believe, maybe I'm an, just an old cynic, but I don't believe that broadcasters do romance. They really just want Celtic and Rangers. Thank you very much. You're, you're an old soldier, I don't know if you're an old cynic. <laughs> Simon, Sunday, Rangers v Hearts at, at uh, Ibrooks. Are Hearts the real deal? Do you know what I love about this year as well? Is it just me or are Hearts much more attacking this year as well? Yeah. Do you think Levine's looked yeah. at it and think Celtic and Rangers aren't as strong as maybe the word mm. the past couple of years? So it's great to see Hearts attacking. I watched a wee boy Morrison that played right wing. Yeah. Boy, I'm taking people on crosses in the box. Cutting two strikers up front. Yeah. You know, you now you see Kelly playing two strikers up front, having go, at, go uh, having a go at teams. Greg Stewart, Brophy, um, great to watch. 
I think it'll be a right good game at Ibrox on Sunday. I watched Hearts against St Johnston and they looked really good. St Johnston couldn't get their half for about it's seven the acid, It's the acid test, Simon. Yeah. You know, it really is the acid test. For both clubs. Yeah. If, you're, if you're genuine contenders, somebody has to want... You know, if Steven Gerrard, and he's had a fantastic start with the European football... But the league form simply has they been good enough, particularly away from home. Yeah. Rangers have to win that game oh, on yeah, Sunday. Yeah. As I say, an eleven point gap. If Hearts were to win, it'd be an eleven point gap hmm. after eight games. That's that's totally unacceptable, yeah. uh, and you don't just claw it back like that. Uh, and it would make the uh, the games between Celtic and Rangers, Rangers and Celtic, uh, even more vital for Stephen Gerrard because he's already lost the first one. I just hope that Hart's going to have a go because you know Levine sometimes coming away to set like in Rangers he goes defensive mm-hmm. you know the team's flying yeah. playing attacking football go there and have a go please yeah. I, I think you I think you, you will, think you will? Uh-huh. at Celtic just going to seem to be getting things right again Aberdeen a narrow victory but nonetheless yeah. it was a victory we know they've got European football uh, this week um, on, on Thursday night but are there signs that Listen, they're nowhere near what they were uh-huh. 18 months ago, but they're, they're, they're getting there. Uh, the, uh, the signs for me began uh, at McDermott Park in the Betfred Cup. I know that they missed chance after chance, but they were creating the chances in the old-fashioned way. Mm-hmm. Um, hard to believe how Callum McGregor missed the one at the end of the first half. It's hard to believe that Lee Griffiths would head the ball into the goalkeeper rather than into the net, and so on and so forth. But it was so much better than they had been. And they've carried it on into the, the game against Aberdeen. And now they really have to pick up the gauntlet. I'm not talking about the match in Austria on Thursday because I believe Celtic have to go there prepared for a backs-to-the-wall job. Mm-hmm. But when when it's back to the league on Sunday, McDermott Park again, they really have to show that yeah, that something has happened to to reignite themselves, uh, and I don't think St George's is anything special, but Celtic are special players, and they really need to show it on Sunday. Scott Sinclair, I, mean, he, he, I read his comments and, and watched his his interview, and the thing that I liked about him, Simon, when I read his stuff and listened to him was he didn't blame anybody else. No, it was about him. He said, "I've been angry, I've been frustrated." It wasn't like, "Oh, it was the manager's fault, it was this fault." It was about. It was about him, and I thought it was refreshing the fact that he was very honest in his, his own assessment. Uh-huh, I think, not a top player, but he's played at the top level, you know. He knows himself when he's playing well, and he knows when he's not. The thing about Celtic that I liked on Saturday was Edward White and Griffiths through the middle. I think that works much better, you know, with the pace and Edward White, Forrest pace on the right. Before it was McGregor out there and Rodgick, and it was slow build up, slow but Saturday they looked much more attacking, I thought. But on the other side, Celtic still look like they concede goals, can concede goals for me. Especially from set pieces. Aberdeen had two great chances for corners and free kicks. Mm-hmm. McGinn missed a good chance. That would be the worrying thing for me. Um, they look much more likely to concede a goal this year than they did the two previous. That's so not just worrying attackingly, but defensively mm-hmm. more for me. That's why I say on Thursday night, Simon. Yeah. It's back to the wall. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Salzburg have already gone into to Germany to play Leipzig. Uh, and they've scored three goals in Germany. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they've clearly got something. Uh, and you have to be realistic. Uh, it's one thing taking a sore one from PSG or Barcelona in the Champions League. It's another thing taking sore ones in the Europa League. So Celtic and Rangers are into that phase of the season where you're coming out of Europa League matches and you're going into either very important league matches or cup semi-finals so what happens midweek in the Europa League is important for your self-belief and self-esteem so I think Celtic should just bed in in, in Salzburg and, and, and have no no embarrassments but again, sorry back on Sinclair if Celtic can get Sinclair back to his best that could be the difference between winning and losing the league mm. thinking of how good he was that first year if yeah. you can get him back to that mm-hmm. flying like that you know give you a much better chance of winning the league well, that just to, I mean, we've, we've spoken about Hearts first, Hibs second, Livy third, Celtic fifth, Rangers sixth. I've missed out Kilmarnock on fourth. I was at their game on Saturday. Yeah. They, they, they destroyed and, and Simon mentioned actually the football they played was lovely. Mm-hmm. I mean, just some of their, their passing, their movement. Brophy and, and Greg Stewart linking well. Chris Buck born again. Yeah. Kept Broadfoot at the back was solid. He slipped for the first goal, but he picked up Jamie McDonald, great save, and Stephen O'Donnell, and well, Stephen O'Donnell, sorry, and Jamie McDonald, and goal. And you look at them, 
and you think, wow, you know, for them to keep that going, but but you know, Greg Stewart, oh, he was absolutely first class. I'm telling you, now, Greg Stewart is. What, I know I've had a bang average career, but Greg Stewart is one of the best players I've tra- trained and played with. Mm-hmm. See, see, if you get a fit Greg Stewart, slim and confident, what mm-hmm. a player he is. Oh, he was buzzing and it shows you that because but he's keeping bound to the team. But yeah. who would have done that for the last two years at Kilmarnock? Right. And the thing that frustrated me was Aberdeen, he played wide. He's not a wide player. Greg's mm-hmm. through the middle because he's a great finisher yeah. and he can link play. Lovely left peg, he's a lovely, yeah. lovely I've, football player. I've got to go back to Stevie Clark. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. Because uh, when he, he came in mid-season, did what he did for Kilmarnock and, and got the Manager of the Year award, uh, you wonder. The second season... They're better. Mm-hmm. You can only ask for improvement, and he's done that. Uh, there's no question they're a top six club. Uh, he's, he's got players like Greg Stewart, really. I mean, Greg Stewart went to Aberdeen and failed. Mm-hmm. He's with what would be looked upon as a smaller club, mm-hmm. and Stevie Clark has got him at a very high level of efficiency. So, Stevie Clark is just proving that he is. A quality manager, and the thing as well, you speak to the commander players and taking nothing away from Stevie, but he said he keeps it nice and simple. You know what your job is about. You get a wee bit in opposition. You know what you've got to do. He keeps it, and it just seems to be a guy that you know he's no flash, he's no cracking jokes, but he's a guy that they clearly want to go out and play for. Uh, but he's, I also think he's got that fear factor. Eh? Mm-hmm. You, you've got that thing with Steve Clark where when, when he's talking to people, you know, you can tell they're scared when he, he speaks up for himself. He doesn't hold back. He, is that why you, don't want, to, that why you or... don't want to interview him? He's scared <laughs> to sit there in case he gives <laughs> you the boys' stare. But he, wee boy is on fire as well, Mark. Right. Eh? And I was, I'm so yeah. surprised. Did Hamilton let him go? Lee McCulloch signed him. Hamilton let him go. Yep, Lee McCulloch signed him. Real live wire. Great foil for Greg up front. Greg's the slow. Fat one, and he's a wee quick fast. I tell you what, you're talking about that. <laughs> Brophy, he, he, was, he was coming off, he just so happened to lift the top up just to kind of give his face. Uh, what a six oh, pack uh, the boy's got, honestly. Uh, took, uh, took me back to my days at Albion Rovers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> but you, know, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned the, 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 the fear factor with uh, Stevie Clark. Any really successful manager I can think of had that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, Morecambe and Wise could never be your. Managerial deal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what about Cannon and Ball? No, no, even less so. Uh, throughout the decades, the the, uh, the 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 ones that I remember as being the most successful had that fear factor. Players were scared to go in having lost a game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that you know you you have to. The whole things about fear and brutality and malevolence, but. At the back of their mind, they have to know he's a gaffer. That's the end of the story. And if we let him down, you're in for it. Brilliant. Good way. Enjoyed that. Last week, 10, 15 minutes here, talking about our own SPFL Premiership. Great stuff. And can you believe it? We're 35, more than 35 minutes into the programme. And we haven't mentioned the the League Cup semi-final. Oh, the... uh, 35 uh, minutes, we've not uh, mentioned it. Probably we're better, no going no. <laughs> we're, not, we're not going there. We're on the, we'll try and be different. We're on the Open Goal podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill. Right, let's go to Simon's home city. Let's head up to Tayside. Chaba Laszlo lost his job there, Simon. 5-1 defeat mm-hmm. against the Ross County. It always seemed to be coming, that one, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not speaking out of turn here, but any player that I've spoken to at Dundee United, I'll know any names, but not one of them enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Not one of, They really did not enjoy it. Um, I think they were in every single day of the week, which people might look at and say you're in three hours a day here and there. But when you get guys like Scott McDonald at 34 who've agreed a deal with a manager before because he's got kids who needs to pick up for school, stuff like that, and then everything changes and you're in every day, and supposedly the atmosphere in there was just was really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who's in charge? You know, Paul Sturrock came in, loads of confusion with players, as Hughes just said, you need to know who's the boss. Right. At the end of the day, if you don't know who's the boss, then you go to one guy, one player might go to Paul Sturrock, another guy might go to Laszlo, and then you end up everyone speaking about everyone. It just doesn't work. S- one thing we can say, and the benefit of having somebody such as Hugh alongside us today, and we don't want to keep going back to yesteryear, but Hugh, Dundee United, brilliant club, yeah. an exciting job, great training facility at St Andrews as well. I mean, you can go right back to the, the Jim McLean days. Yeah. The glory days from, from, from 35 years ago, you know. Uh, Jim McLean banned me. 
for signing on a bus, <laughs> which I thought was a bit harsh. Uh, but Jim McLean invented the modern day Dundee United. And to some extent, Jim McLean will be the problem because I speak to former Dundee United players who say to me, the fans still live in the 1980s. They still think it's like that. Uh, but the one word that I would attach to the Shabba Laszlo affair would be eccentric. It was an eccentric uh, It was an eccentric appointment. It was an eccentric man who came in, and to finish on a five-one defeat when there was still half an hour to play was an eccentric result to go out on. Uh, so it was the wrong guy from the very outset, um, and they now need someone who can come in and do what Jim McLean did uh, when he took over the club. Uh, they were pretty much a non-event he reinvented the club and through his sheer genius as a manager uh, he made them what they later became league winners capable of going into the semi-final of a European competition again the fear factor uh, you know at times he took it too far mm-hmm. but uh, he was a managerial talent. I think they have to go normal now. I've heard all the names that uh, that are in the, the mix. Excuse me, sorry, she just on Jim McLean. There's uh-huh. something I've never asked you, but it's just coming in my head there. Obviously, him and Sir Alex were going at it, Hammer and Tongs, a new film, you know, they ended the, the old film uh, Dominance for, for a period. Do you think had Jim McLean got an opportunity at a Man United or a Liverpool or an Arsenal, he could have been as effective as, as Sir Alec? No, I don't. No? Why not? Uh, because he was offered the Rangers job and he went to Ibrox. And I always thought, if he takes the Rangers job, wow, they'll really take off. And he turned it down. And I thought, and I have absolutely nothing to substantiate this, but I thought, you've looked at that and thought, too big. Uh, and perhaps he didn't have the temperament because he could explode. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember him one night with Willie Miller, cup tie, at uh, Dens Park, uh, neutral ground, and Willie came over with the murderous look in his eyes, and we Jim went towards him with the psychopathic look in his eyes, <laughs> and I thought this ends very very badly unless somebody gets in between these two. Uh, so he was fantastic, but temperamentally he could lose it and we all know uh, that before he left the club there was an altercation with a journalist and I always thought that was really really regrettable because it overshadowed so much of the great work that he had done as a manager and believe me Dundee United owe everything to Jim McLean and now they should look at a guy like Jim who comes in with no particular reputation, decent player, not an international player, uh, but clearly knew the game inside out. Robbie Nielsen gets quoted. When Robbie Nielsen left Hearts, they were second top of the, the Premiership. Uh, I would think there's a, a, an honest, hard-working guy in there. I don't know, I can't tell them who to appoint, but Shabba Laszlo was entirely the wrong appointment. And they need to get it right because there have been three seasons now mm-hmm. in the Championship. And when they went down, everyone thought they'll bounce back up. No. Next season, no. Next season, no. So they have to arrest the decline or they'll become a nothing. You Who is it? Who's the man? You Who's the man, You wonder what these are thinking when they appoint Chavel as well. Oh. For see for fans and journalists yeah. outside, straight away we can tell it's, it's yeah. not a good appointment. So what do, what no. do they see in, in, in people? It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? For me, it would be Robbie Nielsen. Yeah. I think he's a good manager, Robbie Nielsen. Uh, like you said, had hearts up to second in the league. I know if he's speaking to players, he's very well organised. As you said, he's a hard worker. And I think that's what Dundee need, United needs right now. I, I know A guy who'll get them organised. Because they've got good players. Dundee United have got good players for that division. I think if they can get organised and hard working, I think they'll have a good chance. So for a guy like, like Barry Robson, who you sat down with yep. in the summer, who's earning his, his, his stripes at Aberdeen under Derek McInnes on the coaching staff, played for Dundee United knows the club do you think a job that's just maybe just a wee yeah. bit too soon for him I think so I think he needs to go and earn me stripes in the in the, the, the lower leagues um, you know guys like Barry Ferguson went and done it um, I know everyone speaks really high, highly of Barry Robson and he has worked under Dell which will be a good 
it's not like he's walking straight into his first job. You know, he's mm-hmm. worked under a good manager for five years now, maybe two at Aberdeen reserves. But I think he should go and get a, a League One, a League there's Two a, job before taking one of them. Cutthroat nature to the whole division. You know, Ian McCall has done a sensational job mm-hmm. at your United near top of the league. You've got Ross County, Inverness, Cali. But if United appointed the right man, mm-hmm. and he could hit the ground running and get fans on side as well because they must be demented with all of this carry on he could still win the league he could yeah. still be in a decent position uh-huh. there's plenty of time to sort yeah. it out yeah. there's, a, there's plenty of time and there's not a great points differential yeah. as, as you said because Ian McCall's kind of thrown a span on the watch with how well Ed United are doing but remember Paul Hartley was the first to lose his job in that division at Falkirk and I remember speaking to Paul couple of days after and he says there'll probably be at least three maybe four more managerial casualties in that division alone this is because the expectation level of your Partick Thistles uh-huh. of your Mortons your Falkirks your Dundee United your County. Ross Counties uh, yeah. your Inverness are going to be such not every manager is going to be able to satisfy no. there's going to be two or three of them right. out with he said, so there will be more to come be in great. that league won't there? see be that Dundee United is it, is it a bit of a mess behind the scenes well, I, I wouldn't pretend to know, uh, but there, there's been the boardroom upheaval. Um, when the, the Thompson family uh, got out of the club, um, people were appointed then to the key positions that the fans didn't entirely believe in. So that will need to take care of itself, but they need to appoint the right football man. The great irony is Ian McCall would be the one. He went to Dundee United years ago as the hottest managerial ticket in the country yeah, that's right. and he didn't have the discipline about himself that was necessary to carry the job through for a terrific manager he's now in a place in his life where he's happy and contented in every way he's clearly a first class football manager uh, but you're unlikely to be asked back a second time who knows though in this crazy world that we live in uh, but the right appointment they are not that far off the top that they couldn't win that league Who would you give it to Matt? Uh, yeah I think Robbie Nielsen would have to be a contender Jim McIntyre strikes with a mm, guy Jim that could Mahan. go in there and if he's allowed to take Billy Dodds in with him Dodds he's got a great affection for, for United United fans like that as well as don't well, they? they yeah, like so a, a you know, Jim played from and they're the kind of guys that could get the club with the, with the scruff of the neck and, and, and as as Hugh said as well earlier you're talking about, about managers I think players in there don't fear anybody as no. much as I think Laurie Ed- Ellis is a terrific coach, coach yeah. the boy who's, who's staying on who's been there but I think the United players you know, I think there's maybe that that wee bit of oh, yeah it's alright we'll we'll you know, there's attitude. an element of circus that comes with Shabba Laszlo mm-hmm. and that's why I thought no they haven't given him it have they mm. uh, and so Billy Smart moved in the big tent went up and uh, <laughs> and, and look but they are not an irredeemable case they can still with the right appointment win the league and be back up in the top flight right, I was going to say across the city but it's not across the city it's 150 yards yes. up the road your old club Dundee Neil McCann big win for him Dundee beating Hamilton Ackies yeah. the weekend I think it's safe to say he definitely needed that one. Oh, 100%. Um, I think if they'd lost that, it'd have been it. But, you know, I watched the game, and I think the result papers over the cracks, I really do. Hamilton hit the bar twice, hit the post, had a couple of great chances. Um, to me, Hamilton looked like the better team. But you never know what a result can do. Uh, and hopefully now for the club that they kick on. Uh, I think, again, Dundee have got good players. I think Rory Deacon's back now fit, who's a very good player on the wing. The boy Kamara's fit again, centre midfielder, so... They one or two players getting fit and coming back could make a big difference going forward. Plus, a win added to that. But it's so important that they're going to win on Saturday it's, at home. It's bizarre, you know, that they, they have seven defeats on the bounce, six in the league, one in the league cup, and no damage has been done. Mm-hmm. Because one win at Hamilton took them to within a point yeah. of St Mirren and Motherwell. Mm. You know, so, but I, I tend to agree with Simon. I, you know... They were lucky to get away with it at Hamilton. And, you know, fine, as we all know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. But if we're talking about sustainability, do they have it? I don't know. Then again, does St Mirren have it? Uh-huh. I don't know. Because they've got a new manager and they've played three games under Oran Kearney and haven't scored a goal. Yeah. So Motherwell, 
for all the praise that's been heaped on Stephen Robinson, and deservedly so. They're seven games into their season and they've got four points. So they really need to start moving themselves as well. So the cutthroat end of the division is just that, cutthroat. I think Motherwell are always competitive in their games, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they're always close games yeah. and Motherwell are in there. Sometimes Saturday, Dundee... Like main scored yeah. that penalty, they, they go two up, uh-huh. you know, and it totally changes yeah. the, the face of the game. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think Dundee, it's always been a problem up there playing at home at Dens as well. Mm-hmm. The crowd can really get, as I know, the crowd, the crowd can really get on your back um, and I think their home record over the past couple of years has been terrible. Yeah. Um, and if, if your home record's no good, there's always a chance you know, you've you, got a chance of going down. You, you started the conversation, Mark, with um, the nature of this division with Hearts first, Hib second, Libby third. You truly never know the minute this yeah. season uh, because uh, Rangers approached the Tony Macaroni with a swagger and left it with a stagger because they had been... <laughs> He's uh, been working all week in that one. <laughs> <laughs> he must have got that off Alec Ray last night. <laughs> no, Janet gave him that line before I left the house. Uh, you know, and, and you, you cannot clearly work out what's going to happen next anywhere mm, you yeah. know Hibs went to Livingston goal up lost 2-1 uh, Celtic lose Celtic, Celtic, Celtic goal up lose 2-1 mm-hmm. um, so that's part of the attraction for Mr and Mrs Joe Fan and their wins this is part of the attraction uh, you, you don't go anywhere now no matter who's playing you don't go anywhere now and say well they're a certainty mm. yeah and that's, that's the beauty. That is the beauty of our SPFL Premiership. It's been brilliant. Oh, what's that been? Boom, 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 boom. Oh, 50 minutes almost. 50 minutes of top stuff from Hugh Keevans and from Simon Ferry. Gentlemen, thank you once again for joining us on the Open Goal podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill. It goes without saying, we wish Celtic and Rangers all the very best on Thursday night in their Europa League ties and we hope that our own Premier League lives up to it this weekend with the fixtures on Saturday and Sunday. I'm glad you've stayed with us. I know you've enjoyed it and you'll be back with us next week. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.